Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hi, Holly. Today is a very special episode. It is. Yay. Because we're doing another interview. What? Yes. yes. Who? Us? What? <laughs> with four people, thankfully, we all have very distinct voices. So hopefully we're not going to be confused with each other. Yeah. Nice. And also Esther is an editing magician. <laughs> so it'll be great. But yes, we interviewed the creator and illustrator of the Prairie Majesty Oracle, whose Kickstarter starts on the 20th, which should be the day that this episode is released. Yeah. So rather than doing questions and deck review and the interview, we're going to do a individual deck review and then we'll cut to our interview with the creator and illustrator, both of whom we totally loved. I know. It was just like, uh, it was like such an amazing, like invigorating time to talk to each other. It was so much fun. I felt a little bit bad because of technical difficulties at the beginning, but it was so much fun to talk to them and I'm really excited to review this deck and talk about it more with you right now. Yeah, this is so exciting. It's so exciting. It's like a really unique deck, so I can't wait to gush about it. You are in charge of picking the card of the day, my dear. Let me pick a deck from the many decks that I received this week from you. Yes, Esther got her package of decks from me. I know. It was like, oh. So So much cool stuff. There was so much cool stuff. So Botan Tarot was closest. So I shall use that one. Perfect. It's so pretty. Okay. Let's see. Card of the day. We just finished the Charmed episode. So I'm like all jazzed and jazzed (laughs) because of the Charmed episode. Yes, we are reviewing, or I guess recapping and reviewing Charmed original series on our Patreon. The first episode we released last week, so much fun to talk about. Yeah. And this morning we talked about episode two, a.k.a. (laughs) 90s slut shaming episode. (laughs) Very unexpected, but I think we still had a good time. So our our card of the episode is the two of coins which i think is like a really nice card for this episode it's nice balance we struck a good chord so way to go us too yeah good job us um we don't have any announcements today but we do have a patreon shout out Woo! yes esther would you like to pull a card (laughs) <laughs> okay, I am going to pull a card. For, I was like, I'm glad we have a Patreon shout out, but I don't know who it's for. <laughs> Esther closed all of her podcasting stuff the minute that we knew we were going to have an interview. I, was, I know. I was like, and we're done. Okay. <laughs> I'm like focused. Okay. So Anita, I'm using the Journey of Sacred Bee, which is the deck we're going to be reviewing next week. Ooh, so, spoilers. Spoilers. So let's see, Anita. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your card is three, four, five, six, seven. We're going to get there eventually. The Eight of Wands. Ooh, that's interesting. That's exciting. It's funny that you said we'll get there eventually and then got the Eight of Wands. <laughs> wands. And it's like, it's finally like you fucking hurried up. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> so thank you for your support, Anita. Yes, and Anita. if anyone wants to listen to... Uh, all of our bonus content and now our recaps of Charmed. Charmed. You can find that at patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast. Yes. And we love you. And we thank we you so much you. for supporting us. Exactly. We, we have lots of bills for the podcast <laughs> this month. <laughs> 
Okay, so this deck is, like I said, going to be a Kickstarter deck that launches on the 20th. It is a 44-card um, Oracle deck, just standard Oracle. It does actually have a structure, though. It is split yes. into four suits based on actions. So the actions are do, know, feel, and claim. And those 44 cards are the flora, the fauna, some topological things, weather patterns of the plains of the United States. So the Great Plain region includes... This is not something that I researched before. I was like, so I was like, going, okay, Holly, go. <laughs> I know. So I, when I was in graduate school, I went to graduate school at the university of Kansas and I worked in the office of admissions and the like organizations for admissions offices are called ACACs association of college admissions counselors. Okay. And so the one that we were in was called JAPACAC because it's the great plains association <laughs> of college admissions counselors, oh my which gosh. is just so fun. So the one out here is called WACAC, which is also cute, but for some reason, JAPACAC just always would make me laugh so hard. So <laughs> it's cute. like, I think who was in JAPACAC? It's like Kansas, uh, Oklahoma, Iowa, Probably Minnesota, Wisconsin, a lot of the sort of like Midwestern, but kind of extending into Montana mm -hmm. and Wyoming and sort of like the more West part of that upper Great Plains area, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, so the idea behind the deck is for it to reflect that region, both historically and modernly, which I thought was a really interesting choice. So we talked yes. about it with... We talk about the strategy, how Kara, the creator, and Amy, the illustrator, came to do this project and stuff like that. But I do think that it's really cool to point out just from the get-go that it is, like, not an idealized sort of Great Plains experience. Like, right. there are cards that represent invasive species. There are cards that represent species that have kind of been driven out of a lot of the Great Plains area. Um, but also because it's not just animals, there's a lot of herbs and grasses. There's like a river card and a mm -hmm. fire card. And it just feels really ecosystem focused. Yes. Um, and each of the cards, which we'll talk about in the interview also has what the animal it's or that what the depiction is of along with a keyword and a question. Yes. So we talk about this in the interview, but I want to talk about it with you specifically also, Esther. For me, the strength is, I mean, in addition to the art being really, really cool. It's so The cute. strength is the questions, which yes. are so deep. Yes. And so probing yes. that I was kind of shocked for like an Oracle deck to be kind of like so, I guess, expansive and what right. it wants you to think about. Right. Yeah. I, because I think I mentioned in the interview that... It's like there are so many layers to this deck. Like there's a visual representation on it. There's the keyword that's kind of on there. And then there's that going deeper sort of question on there. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of like determine your own level of interaction with this card, essentially. But the the I, I received the deck after our interview. So like yes. I kind of knew going into it like, okay, this is kind of what to expect. But even then when I was looking at the cards, like there were a few times where I was like, where I literally gasped at yeah. the at the expanse of these questions and how they are intentionally driving you deeper and to think about things differently. So yeah. I think that was like the, one of the strongest points and Kara does it. I, I could looking forward to the book itself because I'm going to support mm -hmm. this on Kickstarter. Oh yeah, for sure. Kara and Amy sent us each a copy, but I like it so much that right. I still want to support it on Kickstarter because I want to support them. And right. also 
the cardstock is going to be great and yeah. the book is going to be amazing. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so like we received like a prototype of the deck essentially, like just yeah. kind of like some in- in- initial printings of it. So like for me, I want the fullness of this deck to be in my possession. Like I'm Same. not just content with just these cards that are in front of me. I think they're great, but I want Kara's words and and I know she's done meditations for this as well. Yeah. I want all like I just want everything. I want to hoard it to myself because it's yeah, so totally. good and it like drives you into like areas that you didn't expect in an like a like a habitat deck essentially. Like, right, totally. Especially yeah. because I think that we do like obviously we own a lot of decks that have symbols of the natural world on them. But I, I do just find this to be like, so kind of mind blowing. And I right. talk about in the interview, uh, about different ways to use the questions. But when I was pulling a card for myself and then I used tarot cards to answer the question prompted uh-huh. that led to one of the most, like, I guess, reassuring and comforting readings I've had in recent weeks. Oh. It was just like, so, because I think that the beauty of the art and like the gentleness and, like strength of Kara and how much care Kara and Amy put into it just really, really is conveyed. And we're like, this is such a fangirl episode. I know we we didn't know them at all before chatting with them. Mm -hmm. I had already received the deck before we interviewed them, but like Esther said, she hadn't. And after me flipping through, you know, like the hard thing is that we don't get offered decks very often. No, right. So we accept them when we are, because we've <laughs> talked about this before. Like if we are talking about a deck, it's something we bought. And right. there are certain times where it feels like maybe buying a bunch of decks is like not a super <laughs> feasible thing for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if somebody offers something to us, we like would like to see it and like yeah. to try it out. And the minute that I opened this, I was like, oh my God, this was a great great decision yeah yeah so thank you to amanda from indie deck review for suggesting us to kara and amy yeah um because that's how they like got a hold of us but it just like we i loved it from the deck before Mm -hmm. talking to kara and amy after talking to kara and amy i love it even more yes and now i'm just like so excited to talk to it about anyone who will yeah 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 exactly (laughs) and and, like we, we are if we don't like a deck, we try to find good points about the deck, but we would not like be overly praising something just because we received a free deck because we don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you know, we're like, just because we receive something doesn't mean it automatically gets a good review because I know that's been yeah, a discussion. Totally. Like YouTube channels will get free decks or try to get free decks for review or whatever. So I want to make sure that our listeners, you know, know that we're not yeah. like compromised because we got a free deck because, you know. We would yeah, be supporting it on a didn't, start otherwise. Uh, you know. Us being given this deck isn't impacting our review. We just really no, do love it. Exactly. So yes. it's going to be on a 350 GSM. One of the stretch goals they have thought or sort of said that they hope to do is to do a uh, rose gold edge, um, which will be great gold. on this deck. I, I know, especially if it's a matte rose gold. <gasps> I think it would just go so beautifully with so the pretty. art. It's going to be in a rigid two-part box with a full-color guidebook. I think that that's going to be a huge strength. Yes. Um, and yeah, I think what we could, what we should do is each pull a card from the deck to represent our relationship with the deck and then either kind of talk a little bit about the question or pull additional cards to answer the question. I like this. So we can express how to use it. So uh, like we also alluded to, it has a whole bunch of different sort of natural symbols on it. One of the things that we both really appreciate about it is that all of Kara's language on her website is very carefully selected and doesn't seem to 
talk about like them in terms of spirit animals or plant yes. spirit, or it's all kind of like animal allies without using appropriative language. And so I think that that's also really helpful because I know that that's something that people feel wary of with right. animal decks. And I think that Kara chose her language really carefully to make it clear that this is not meant to be uh, appropriative of like indigenous planes groups using yeah. the idea of spirit animals. So they're right. not spirit animals. It's like energies, animal energies, plant energies, mm-hmm. energies of the wind, energies of the land. All of right. That sort of right. Thing. All right. So card to represent our relationship with the deck. Okay. So I got the card that is of prairie soil. So the beautiful thing about this card is that it looks like a system of roots um, deep into the soil. The keyword on it is hold. And the question says, what riches do I carry within? So I could either use this as a journal prompt and journal about what riches I see within myself, Mm -hmm. or I could use it as a tarot prompt, then followed by a journal prompt sash (laughs) (laughs) I like it and pull cards for that question what riches do I carry within I'm going to use antique anatomy and I'll just pull two cards so I I think that it's like really neat because you could either just spend a lot of time thinking about it on your own and sort of brainstorming or you can further your tarot practice by pulling cards for it too and I just think that that like I guess ease mm-hmm. because the questions are so well done makes it especially great. Yes. So I got the 10 of cups and the high priestess. Ooh, that's so the really riches perfect. that I carry within are really, really flattering. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional health and well-being Emotional and love. <laughs> yeah. The ability to share that with others, the yeah. ability to know that within myself. Those are all of the riches that I carry within. Oh, thank you it. so much, Deck. That's so funny. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I know. And turn to me who got read by the Deck. Thank you very much, Kara <laughs> and Amy. I'm going to take this personally. Um, <laughs> I I got Earthworm. So it's the okay. picture of the Earthworm. Like there's some Earth and there's the Earthworm that's within the Earth. So like, Okay. Okay. And the word, the key word is breathe. <laughs> okay. I'm like, okay, thank you. Whew, okay. You're like always. <laughs> exactly. And then the question is very rude. Do I accept myself without judgment? And I'm like, oh, brutal. Oh. <laughs> Do I? Absolutely not. Should yeah, I? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> the answer is no. No. <laughs> the answer is negative, and I can't pull tarot cards because it's a yes or no question. I mean, yeah, I and you yeah. know that it's a problem. I guess the thing you could do would be to it's say, like, how, how to and I, yeah, how can I move yeah. past that? And I'm sure there's like, journal, like in Kara's writings, so there has to be something like to push you further to exploring yeah. that. But I'd yeah. rather not do that on the podcast. Yeah. So just know that to, this deck... I think that your like inability <laughs> to accept yourself without judgment would not be helped by reading cards about <laughs> on that the, on, the, on the, podcast. the podcast. Exactly. So I will just recognize that this deck is extremely rude 
and <laughs> relevant. And thank you very much, Kara and Amy. I hate you. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. We love you. I love you so much. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you want to see more pictures of it and see more about the Kickstarter campaign, all of that is going to be linked in the show notes, or you can just search Prairie Majesty Oracle on Kickstarter. Um, I would be pretty surprised if some of our listeners have never supported anything on Kickstarter before, but it's a really easy interface and process. And basically if it gets fully funded, it'll get printed. All the add-ons could be if they reach additional funding goals. Um, And Kara has done other Oracle Oracle decks decks. before. This is just the first one that she's fundraising for via Kickstarter. Um, And you can check out her website at joyfulresonance.com. Um, and we'll put all of their like social media and stuff in the show notes. Also, yes. So you can follow yes. along. Also, Amy is a like artist, like muralist. Yeah. Is that what it's muralist is like? Cause yeah. it sounds like yeah. Muriel, like the name Muriel. <laughs> I was like, is that my brain? She's also a yoga instructor. Yes. Like I was like half stalking Amy at like three in the morning the other day. And like, she has like yoga mats that are, fucking oh, awesome with her art on with it? her art on it i was like amy oh, cool. where's your store because i want to buy one where is yeah that's rad <laughs> so, that's so, so cool. cool yeah you'll have to go back and look at her i was probably like four months ago that's how far back <laughs> i went you were deep in the instagram <laughs> I, and then i liked something and i was like dang it she knows <laughs> dang it <laughs> accept yourself without judgment Esther. okay i'm trying that's why i'm actually going to yoga actively like yeah to help yeah. us but yes. exactly <laughs> so i'm just so excited for you all to get to meet them and to get to hear like their wisdom and their joy and just their vibrancy it was just amazing so yeah it's so cool so without further ado here is our interview with kara and amy from prairie majesty oracle <laughs> so let's Get rolling. We're already Yay. recording. Hooray. Great. After a Thanks little bit of technical patient, difficulty. Oh. <laughs> it is not no your fault at, all. at yeah. all. We can be patient all day long, but we're so excited to talk to you about your deck because I have it in my hands and I have to say that it is one of the most versatile Oracle decks that I've like seen in recent memory. So I'm so excited to talk to you all about it. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So basically, I guess we can talk about the structure of the deck a little bit to begin with, although by the time our listeners are listening to this, they can already go on to Kickstarter to see sort of some of the cards, I'm sure, and some, you know, special things about it. But the deck is really when it comes right down to it, like an homage to the Great Plains and the animals of the Great Plains of the United States, right? Yes, we really um, did our best to incorporate the local flora and fauna. It was really fun to work with the energies that we actually could see for the most part. Yeah, so the other really great thing about the cards is that they each have an animal and sort of like a focus, but they also each ask a question. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's like, in addition to them being very beautiful, an area in which the cards really shine are those super thoughtful questions that are included. So what kind of came first? Was it the animal or the question? Um, It was both. And actually, initially when we started out, um, I anticipated it to be an animal deck. Um, But then as I started connecting with the energies, I didn't have a plan. I just was, I had 
you know, done some different lists of things that I thought might be in the deck, but I just honored whoever showed up in my consciousness. And it felt pretty early on, it was clear that we also needed to include some of the flowers and um, some different elements that are really a big part of the ecosystem. And so, yeah, it's a whole bunch of different things. And for each of them, it was very different. Sometimes I would have a theme that I was working through personally, and I would feel like, wow, this is really something that needs to be in the deck. And then I would feel an animal consciousness that would, or a plant that would show up and say, yep, that's mine. Here's my word. Um, sometimes I would get the question <laughs> first. It's, you know, I, I just, I think both Amy and I from the beginning have been very cognizant of wanting to honor this project as it wanted to be born. Um, I can tell you a little yeah. bit about the, the backstory if you want, but yeah, that's been a big part of oh, all of yes. it. Yeah, I was just about to ask, like even time frame and stuff, it just seems like such a huge undertaking and it's so well done. Well, thank you so much. Um, so I have done a couple of Oracle decks prior to this on my own, and I use um, photography to do those other decks. And I also have um, some local workshops that I do. Animal energies and symbolism has been a big part of my own spiritual journey. And it feels like a language that mm -hmm. is instinctive for me to use in, connect, in connecting with the spiritual realm. And so I'd always sort of put in a box the idea of doing a deck with animals because I'm not an artist in the traditional sense. And last year in probably late November or early December, I started feeling like there was something new that was percolating for me to work with. And I started getting these different signs. Different people were asking me, like, hey, have you ever thought of doing an animal deck? And so one day in early December, I finally said, okay, universe, I'm in. I will do an animal deck, but you have to find me an artist. And it's, it's a long story. I won't get into all the details. But within two days, I, I had a crazy work project. I felt like cleaning out closets to bring clothes to a local drive. And I happened to go to a place where Amy had painted a mural and I happened to start talking about Oracle decks and mentioned that I needed an artist. And the person said, Oh, you need to talk to Amy. And I mean, it was within two days oh my of gosh. me telling the universe I'm in. So that was a really powerful sign. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. And then yeah. I contacted Amy and she was really open and lovely right away. And as soon as she agreed to meet with me, the whole concept just, dropped in. I just, I asked, okay, what do you want to be? How is this different from so many beautiful decks on the market that are, that honor animals? How is this one different? What's the, what's the concept? And I heard the, the word Prairie Majesty Oracle and the tagline is explore your sovereign nature. So I, I'm very organized. I'm a part-time attorney. Um, I'm the oldest of eight kids. Like I like to be organized. So I made this big old sheet to bring Amy of like my proposal. And before I showed it to her, I should let <laughs> her tell amazing. this part. I'll let you tell this part of the story, Amy. I get really chatty, but I love how this came about, that you started telling me about your um, dream. Yeah, that sovereign part. So, um, yeah, it was super cool. And I love how organized she is because I am not. And I mean, I am kind of, but like I have sketchbooks full of like writing and messy stuff. And she had like a folder and a notebook and things are typed and clear <laughs> and concise. It was like so lovely to be able to know what to do and we were sitting and talking about the deck and I was in right away she didn't need to convince didn't need to convince me um much at all just because she felt present and and awesome and it was 
clear that she knew where we were going with this in a sense, like she knew what the the cars wanted to be. So my job mm-hmm. felt just to bring it to life. And she, um, I had had a dream. I'm not a very good dreamer, but I, 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 and I guess I'm not very good at remembering my dreams, but I have animals in my dreams more than people. And so mm-hmm. that's really cool. Cause I get to hold lions and visit moose and hummingbirds and bees mm. and snakes and sharks. And no one's ever scary. That's just, amazing and so yeah it's amazing and so there's a a building that shows up in my dreams um on occasion it's just a big old factory sometimes we have those reoccurring spaces and it's a factory and many times there is language that's written or a sign even they'll even be like uh, a, a creature holding a sign and i still can't read it like lettering like i can't mm-hmm. get with reading language and lettering and symbols in in my dreams but this particular dream i had walked up to a bulletin board and i lifted up a um like a sticky note and under that was the word sovereign and oh yeah it was so cool and because I, at the time, I even needed to look the word up to, re- to like, is this what I think it is? And it was so perfect for the timing. And so, you know, shortly after her and I are sitting at dinner and she wrote, you know, tells me about the deck, the Prairie Majesty Oracle and Explore Your Sovereign Nature. And I was like, boom, that's it right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so that was really a, just a special connection moment there. Yeah, totally. Definitely. So that was all happening kind of simultaneously. Yeah, a little bits of time apart, like it just fell into place. Yeah, and I, I was like, I have proof. I wrote that down before you told me that word. <laughs> Here's my sheet. Yes. And you can trust Kara because she's organized. It was written down somewhere. You know it was. Yes, yeah. and you know I remember that word because that's the only damn word I've been able to remember, see in a dream, you know? Right. That's so cute. Oh, my I gosh. It still makes me so happy to know. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's just such a great origin story, too, because it means so much when you feel like so intrinsically connected with somebody that you're working on a project that means so much to you with. Yeah. Definitely. And especially since you didn't know each other beforehand, having that like external or I guess like subconscious almost connection mm-hmm. really helps affirm that that's the right move and kind of it's exciting. Definitely. And I'm Definitely. Sure felt like such a jolt of energy about the whole thing. Well, and that's like that confirmation that you're on the right path that you two have met like for purposes beyond your like, ex- like internal control mechanisms. Yeah. Make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like that is just yeah. really, really cool way to be able to connect with this project individually. Like knowing that there's certain like feelers you've put out in the universe, whether, you know, consciously or subconsciously. And like you, those things have been connected with, yeah. you know, through both of you together. That's really so cool. Yeah. Obviously, Kara's like really familiar with Oracle cards, but Amy, had you ever used Oracle cards for spiritual reasons before creating the deck? You know, I have a a set a tar- a set of a, a deck of tarot cards that I love so much and I um have not used an Oracle deck. So the answer is no, but I have, you know, experience I have certain people that I have do readings for me and I participate in awesome. the thing and oh. yeah, and so it's never been something that I've picked up or for some reason I wanted to want to learn it, you know, but I never put the work into learning it. Totally. Yeah. And so it's um, more recently that I've gotten the the benefit of, you know, pulling a card at a time. I don't have to know every symbol on every card. And the Oracle deck seems more um, accessible in that Mm -hmm. I love something that switches our thinking because it's so easy to be small and, 
in, you know, sometimes it's that not mundane, but we forget that we're amazing and that we are here to, you know, kind of help others by being our best self and illuminate. And it's hard to stay elevated and lifted and connected. And I think um, these these Oracle decks that I've been looking at, especially since paying more attention to Kickstarter and looking at what other artists are doing, which I didn't want to do while I was creating it. Cause I have this thing of like, don't let me get intimidated or influenced right. or I wanted to keep it loose and in my style and who I am in a sense. So I get the magic of, of, of this deck of, and of all the decks of just, you know, have that little shift in thinking yeah. Esther and I talk about this a lot because I think that it's super normal, especially if you were raised in like, I guess, American society or any sort of very structured society where there's like, you know, we're all going through the same elementary school experiences. We're all going through similar middle school experiences or whatever. And then when you come to something that's more of a creative project, we totally see sometimes our listeners and even ourselves get really like stuck on the idea that there's a right way to read cards and a wrong yeah. way to read cards. Uh, and I do love Oracle cards for that reason, which is with tarot cards, there are, there is noise in the tarot community that you're doing it right or you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And with Oracle oh, cards, yeah. there really isn't that same level of noise. And so it does allow the freedom to like try it and see how it goes. Like when I was playing with your guys's deck, I was thinking about the fact that it's completely perfect both for journaling, which I know a lot of people use Oracle cards for, mm -hmm. or alternatively, if you're looking for practice in reading tarot cards, pulling one of the Prairie Majesty Oracle cards, and then using the question on the Prairie Majesty Oracle card for a prompt for a tarot reading could allow you to sort of flex both sides of those muscles, like sort of yeah. a more yeah, structured that. side and also sort of a free flowing side. And I think that that's a really huge strength because I feel like having the prompts, which are so beautifully written, matching with this really beautiful art, it kind of like allows you to be sort of sort of shedding the idea that you're like doing something right or you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I think I agree. I, I see that in that it, just the questions. Go ahead, Kara. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, I know we all love to chat and that's great. Um, I just wanted to point out that I feel like for me as the as the words person, you know, the writer of all of this, I, I waffled a little bit on whether to have so many words on the on the art. And Amy and I talked about this a few times and I kept coming back to it felt really important. And for each consciousness that I felt connected to, um, that was almost the, the most, it took the most time to get the question right. Um, our guidebook will have, you know, mm -hmm. a whole bunch more of ideas for how to explore that, but it felt really important to give a fresh take, like Amy was talking about earlier, that jolts you a little bit because it takes you by surprise. I think we all, we all can instinctively understand um, the symbolism in nature, we have that hard wiring inside of us, but sometimes we've gotten associations for different things just because of our cultural conditioning or things that we grew up with. And so those questions feel like a really great way of maybe giving someone a fresh um, slate, a clean slate for working with the energy of that, of that being. And so I'm so totally. glad it resonates with you because that felt important. Yeah, it comes through for sure. It's really like... I was kind of 
amazed at how quickly I just wanted to start using it every day because I have like 300 decks of cards. <laughs> so a lot of the times when I see something beautiful, the the beauty is not necessarily enough to keep me coming back. And I do think that this deck has like such a good pairing of truly, truly beautiful artwork and incredibly, incredibly thoughtful questions. So it bridges that gap between like, oh, this is pretty. I want to look at it. And oh, this is bringing something out of me that needs to be addressed by me, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's so wonderful. That means a lot. I have lots of reptiles, and of course, like when you have like any Esther, sort of snake. you can confess how many reptiles you have. <laughs> we have to like Amy it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So <laughs> like people people know that like for me, I have lots of snakes, and of course, in any sort of tradition, usually snakes are typically negative, and not all traditions. That's more of like a modern thing where snakes are more negative, especially like influenced with. Um, like Western Christian philosophy about snakes. And so for me to see like the snake card and it had shed at the bottom and then the question at the top, like, and like you said, the question to me, it like specifically gets you out of the mindset you came into the reading with. Yeah. Because whenever you're kind of doing the reading, you come into with like a certain purpose in mind, but the question is so beautifully balanced with the, like, because like you can just, draw the card and see shed and like, okay, I need to shut off this. I need to, you know, like push this away, blah, blah, blah. You can like just do the surfacey, not surfacey. I don't want to like minimalize it, but you can just do the one word sort of meaning. And then you can, if you want to go deeper, you can opt to incorporate the question in like turning, you know, doing whatever things that you need to do. So it's, for me, that was really interesting way to, like it's almost like a multi way to use the card, like the mm -hmm. artwork incorporated with the keyword incorporated with the question. It's like very layered. And that's what I kind of like was intrigued about with yeah. the process, like drawing. It's not just one thing. It's multiple things incorporated. Well, and I guess, do you mind if we say what the question on that card is? Cause I do think that that would be a good example of sort of that, like thoughtfulness of the meaning. No, that's great. Please do. But I don't want to give any spoilers. No, no, okay. we, we okay. shared all of the cards. Okay. Okay, okay good. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> so the question on the shed card, it's a prairie king snake. And the question, which I think is why this is so like smartly done, mm -hmm. kind of addresses what Esther's talking about, about the negative connotation, but ultimately having it be positive. Because the question is, how can I know myself as bigger than any fear? And I think that using the word fear on a card that might evoke actual fear for people who are sensitive to snake imagery is really meaningful and also smart because you're not saying that the fear is invalid or irrational. No. You're saying, how do you work in a fear of something that has this ultimately positive meaning? How can you work through that fear and integrate that concern in that fear and integrate that concern into growth? And I think that that card, because it's truly one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and it's just can like I the add something question to that, asking is so great. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought up that card because I mean, Amy and I, I think I think I can speak for both of us that we actually really like snakes. I mean, we, wouldn't you agree, Amy? <laughs> we think snakes are great. Oh, but, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we knew that it, a snake felt like a natural um, element to include in the deck. And I was really surprised. I felt the word shed and I felt the question. And I didn't, I didn't actually know anything about the prairie king snake. And so I kept feeling like it was about, my personal belief is that fear 
in the end, it feels real to us. Our perception of it is very real. I would never minimize that. But on a grander spiritual consciousness level, fear is an illusion. And it usually has its roots in something Mm -hmm. about, you know, a fear of separation from the ultimate creator source or separation from each other or, you know, being abandoned. All of these really root fears that in the end, I don't believe are actually true in terms of our eternal conscious spiritual being. And so as I started writing the card, um, I, I started learning about prairie kingsnake. And it was fascinating to learn that in the wild, if you see one, it actually can look like a rattlesnake. And so your instinct when you see it mm-hmm. might be, oh, my gosh, this is poisonous, this is dangerous. But just like a fear, sometimes you have to be willing to actually look it in the face, look it in its eyes and say, what are you? Let's unpack what that fear is. And then you can discern, oh, you're not actually a real threat to me as a, a larger spiritual consciousness. You know, this is just something that I need to totally. see and address. And that's, I just think that card is a great example of the, the way that the different um, elements kind of came together for me as I was writing, that I would often get the feeling and then be so surprised that, oh yeah, something in nature is a perfect metaphor for how that creature interacts with the wild or with, you know, the different elements in the habitat. So I love that card. I'm really glad it resonated with you guys. I think that a lot of the cards that Esther and I sort of individually, I'm sure that we, we have not talked about this in very great detail, but a lot of the cards that are sort of more um, about sort of like decomposition even are cards that we always like to bring forward and decks that have natural components. Mm -hmm. So like having the Turkey vulture and the earthworm and all of these cards that have images that people may not think like, Oh, it's like a fluffy bunny rabbit or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. it's so wonderful to see Mm -hmm. them given just as much value in this sort of like spiritual world as something that might be a little bit more sweet, like a stink bug card. Just the think of a stink bug card is amazing. (laughs) I love that. Yes. I love that too. Yeah. Motherfucking stink bug right there. That's that's right. I know. And that was another crazy extinct bug was actually the first card that came into being, which was a shock to me because they're not part of the prairie <laughs> oh habitat. God, so I mean, the whole concept of the deck was yeah. let's look at how all these beings in an integrated habitat all show up as their authentic self and mm-hmm. it brings harmony and it brings a yeah. balance and everybody's honored. And so stink bug is this invasive species that does not belong in the prairie. But just like his energy and physical, I felt him like invading my head because I was so um, daunted by the prospect of writing this and I didn't know how to start or where to begin. And one day I saw a stink bug like flip over and I thought, oh my gosh, you want to be first. You're first in the deck. And I send it to Amy and I said, this is so weird. And she's like, oh, I've been wanting to draw stink bugs so bad. So there you go. I mean, Because my kids complain about them all the time. They bumble around. They pester. They show up. I love how a stink bug is just like, oh, there you are. Like here in the Midwest anyway. There's just, they just show up. Yeah. And they're just, yeah, you're never really expecting a stink bug, are you? No. (laughs) Never. And I've been in science camp with my kids for the past two weeks. I've been doing like ecosystem and habitat science camp. So I'm like very much like, I was like, habitat, ecosystem. This is all in one place. The plains, the great plains. You know, I'm like writing all this down where I just love the fact that you've kind of zoned in on an area and you're using like 
animal magic, but in their specific ecosystem where they're thriving, where there's, you know, like the decomposers, just like the earthworm and other things like that, where they're doing their job and they're there for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like the stink bug comes along and even though he, you know, he's not native to that habitat, he's forced his way in to this (laughs) habitat and you've been able to incorporate that into your deck. And I just think that's like beautiful and how like symbiotic everything is and it's just like I've been two weeks in science and that's the greatest thing is for me to be able to understand this conversation oh. <laughs> like not teaching the kids the science it's me being able to follow this conversation and just like geek out about oh. it so. well so I think that that's also worth mentioning so both so both Amy and Kara you guys both live in Iowa right and have uh-huh. you did you grow up in Iowa I grew up in Iowa I have been in Des Moines Iowa all my life and that's really weird but uh you know I love it it's a it's a neat thing yeah, I have a really soft spot in my heart for Iowa because I'm from California, but I went to graduate school in Kansas oh, and ah. a lot of my friends were from Iowa. And so I think that the Great Plains in general are really overlooked as being some of the most interesting and beautiful landscape of the country. I think that right. people think of it as just being kind of like flat and dull with a couple of gigantic rivers. <laughs> yeah, but and I, I kind of love that. Yeah, I always say to keep it like a secret because I travel a lot for art shows, you know, and I meet people all over the country and they're like, Iowa, like, are you in a barn? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, we don't have electricity or anything. Um, You'd hate it here. I know. So it's I, I, you know, I travel. I got to travel, you know, a few months in Europe and um, do a lot of traveling. And it's just that idea that I thought I was leaving and uh, it turned out that I love, I love it here and I love to travel and then come back here. And my husband lived in San Francisco for 10 years and Amsterdam Mm -hmm. and Hawaii. And it's just kind of, it's, you get to have your own little empire here. And like I say, we keep it like a secret. I think Kara has moved around a little bit more and lived in some pretty majestic places. Yeah. I mean, I'm mostly (laughs) in the Midwest, but I did my family moved around a lot when I was growing up, but when I was in high school, we moved. I actually went to high school in Cedar Rapids for two years, um, and then we moved to the Black Hills in South Dakota when I was 16, and I was, you know, devastated, oh. but I loved living there. Of it course, was, but that is the best Dakota. Yes, it's the best, <laughs> I, and it was just amazing how, you know, living there opened my eyes to a totally different appreciation of nature because I wasn't so obsessed with just, mm-hmm. you know, this friend group that I left. And so I, we lived like 15 minutes from Wind Cave National Park and you could drive out and see the buffalo and you could go on hikes and there might be a buffalo, you know, by your car when you come back, de- when you come back down and to see all the different herbs, there were places you could go and gather them and do wild harvesting and make tinctures or salves. And I learned about stones and crystals and rose quartz. It, it naturally occurs in the Black Hills. It's one of the few places in the world. So That's it true. was this beautiful um, gateway for me into appreciating more of the surroundings that I lived in. And so it was really... Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so it was really cool as I was working with the energies for this deck to realize, well, I can draw on a lot of the animals that are maybe more in the mixed grass prairie that you would find in the Black Hills as opposed to yeah. the tall grass here. and. I mean, don't quote me. I'm not an ecologist. I think I have this like reoccurring fear that this is my prairie king snake moment that <laughs> some sort of ecologist is going to oh, no, read no. all of this and say, um, actually you're wrong. And this is not part of the prayer, you know, <laughs> because this is not a science, right. you know, it's, it's just, I wanted to draw mm-hmm. on that, but it's, um, it's more metaphysical. Yeah. 
I'm basically yeah. always terrified of a colleges. <laughs> correct. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone in that. You just got to go with your feeling. But I do think that the, 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 you mentioning the herbs is a really good point because we have been focusing so much on the animals. Um, mm-hmm. But there also are quite a few plants and just kind of like, I guess, even geological references. Like there's a river card and there's all of the different herbs. And so I think that like sometimes because I don't, work with animal magic very often sometimes Uh i can see an animal deck and think like oh that's probably not for me and so i do think that it's really cool and even more unique that there's sort of this integration of the whole ecosystem rather than just only focusing on animals yeah there's like multi multi layers of life going on right and i think that's a reflection of humans as well that you could put all the different spectrum of gifts and talents and interests that humans have into different categories, but we really need everybody. I mean, that's kind of the, I, for me, yeah. the heart of the deck is we need to learn from nature that if you show up in your authentic power and being just exactly who you are, that actually is the best thing to promote balance in the, in the environment that you're in, that we need everybody. And I think even more now today with everything happening in the world, it's, it seems really important. I really hope people feel empowered when they use this deck and that they feel like yeah. aware of how sovereign they are in their own, their own right, their own province, that they can claim that and fully embody it. Because I think the ripple effect of that will be really healing and really powerful. I really love that. Thank you. If I didn't have more questions, I'd say that's the perfect way to end, but I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to keep it here for a little longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just think, I just think I really, really love that sentiment so much. I think that it, mm-hmm. you're totally right right now. It's like so easy for us to feel sort of disempowered because there is so much beyond our control. Mm-hmm. And so remembering that there are certain ways that we can look around us at kind of like what we do have control over and kind of think about those things and come to terms with how much control we have over our own lives, even when it doesn't feel like we do. That's just right. like a message that I yeah. love. Yeah, I love that too. And I, I feel like it gets, you know, we get so um, distracted from that and we're always looking out for someone else to to do it for us or what do they yeah. have or what are they doing? And I even, you know, I'm sure you guys get it all the time too with the, the with the tarot and the questions and and people forget that, you know, we're our own best healer and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, comedian and (laughs) amazing person in the world, you know, like we have so many great things within ourselves that we forget to look into that. Or it, it, I think it can easily be a habit to um, think less of ourselves rather than, you know, think about ourselves less in that sense. Like, so how are we, how are we projecting? And I think this deck is really great at not being too, um, not being too soft. And, but mm-hmm. those, you know, those poignant questions that go right to it, that don't make it a good and a bad. It's like, here we are like back to the snake, yeah. back to yeah. the stink bug, back to right. the vulture. And the thing I, I have to mention about the, the king snake that I thought was so cool is that, that that another flip of that is considering that as people are wildly terrified of snakes, which is fascinating. And I love that you have snakes. A snake is part of my symbol because my initials are ASP and the Aww. little asp is a kind of cobra, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but to consider the snake being afraid, mm. right? So that yeah. flip of, and maybe a snake isn't afraid, but when we change our perspective of 
of, mm -hmm. oh, am I the, in fear or is it in fear? And how do we let that down to yeah. be elevated, you know, to be yeah. empowered, to, to see that we have power ourselves. And, and, and that's cool. Definitely. Yeah. That's such a good, I always forget that about snakes because they seem so in control of the situation to me. <laughs> It's wild how people are so freaky. I'm fascinated by that. Like, and Me mice too. are the same way. Like certain people see a mouse and they just lose it or a snake and they, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just this, Esther, you feel free to cut this. But one time uh, my parents live in a really rural area in Northern California and there was a big rattlesnake in their driveway. And I called my mom and I was like, what do I do? And she's like, oh, don't worry. It's on the other side of the fence. And then she called me back like five minutes later and was like, you know what? On second thought, snakes don't care about fence lines. So maybe we should call somebody about that. <laughs> she's like, oh, the, our, our dogs will be safe because the snake's on the other side of the fence. As though the snake is like, oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry yeah. for trespassing. Oh, I man. love that. Yeah. That's great. That's beautiful. It's just so silly but yeah so i think that yeah. one of the other things that i find really interesting is that i feel like amy your a lot of your art seems large scale like you said that you met via a mural that you'd done oh sure yeah but i like the fact that some of these cards have like only drawings and some seem more multimedia there's like photography yeah. in the background um and Kara, it just kind of occurred to me, since you have used photography in the past, was that like something that you guys had discussed as trying to incorporate photographic elements? Or are you always sort of a mixed media artist, Amy? No, Amy showed me some some ideas. It, this was all Amy. She was we, we were very good at trusting each other with the province that was ours, which is kind of a modeling of the deck. And so I loved when she approached yeah, me about totally. doing you know, some cards with photos and some with all art. And I just have always trusted that it would be magical. And it was, she's done an amazing job. It was super fun. And I do a lot of like, I feel like I have split personality artwork. I do the bright, colorful, empowering murals and drawings and paintings. And then I do um, dark layered um, collage pieces that have, you know, oh. teeth and feet and feathers and bones. And <laughs> it's a real death oriented side of work and, and of my work and working with the animals, you know, there's so many beautiful, amazing animal decks out there that I, it meant something to me to um, even keep the animals in black and white. Cause I felt like that made them a focus, made them a focus. Cause yeah. you see that, and you're not, it also had that emptiness of the black and white to me felt like you're going to pour in the color, like you're going to visualize what those colors are, or you're going to read the question and it would help the animal stand out and layering with the photographs. Cause the prairie is so beautiful in the sky and the sunset. It just felt like a neat way to combine the collage and the drawings um, to make the cards interesting and not all the same. We were really looking towards, um, you know, using a template and a, and you kind of have to follow the rules, but I wanted it to look right. really handmade and not, um, not too strict in everything is all in the right place, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and a little bit like Kara works. I, I wanted the animal to tell me what it wanted to be and I'm not mm -hmm. as clear, but it just will, would evolve that way. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point with the black and white animals. I feel like I didn't, totally notice how effective it was until you mentioned that that's what was happening. And then I was like, 
Because even in a card like the burn card, the wildfire card, which I'm sure that all of us Western state dwellers have been like incredibly affected by fires, whether it's through actual fire or air quality over the past few years. And even that, like the wildfire being in stark relief on a woman holding the fire feels Mm -hmm. so much more empowered. And I think part of it is because the fire doesn't itself in the arms looks more like contained and controlled and like intentional rather than it being some big scary thing again. And I think the part of that comes from the color palette and having it be in relief on somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's great. That's the idea. You know, I did want to ask kind of what card was most surprising for you, like as the creator and as the artist, like they can be different cards. It's okay. You don't have to agree on what card was most surprising <laughs> in your process. But like, you know, what was surprising, like of the result of it or the inspiration for it? Like, what was the most surprising card in this deck for you, other than the stink bug? Because we gave the stink bug a little bit of a moment. So yeah. Do you, Do you want, want us both to answer that? Yes. Yeah. Please. Let's yes. hear it. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm curious to see if your answers are going to be the same or different. So. Oh yeah. Well, I'll say like some of them fell right out. They would just fall out and that, you know, it was like beautiful. And, and others were like, why aren't you just being pesterly? Like some of them would just (laughs) be tedious. And I know like sometimes it doesn't look like much, but every little, every little line means something to me, like has to be just right. Mm -hmm. And vulture is one that was just like perfection immediately. Like uh, Vulture fell into place really yes. uh, in a way that felt fancy. But who was it? Do you remember, Kara, who it was that I struggled with? Oh, gosh, there was someone in particular. Was I'm looking hmm. through, too. Yeah, you uh, look through. Um, From my perspective, you know, because I would send Amy my writing and she would create it. And so every time I would get one, I was just, my jaw would drop. So on this side of it, I was always like, wow, you did a great job. So I'm trying to remember which one <laughs> maybe took longer. Um, well, hmm. I mean, for, even for you at writing them, did they, which fell into place or oh, which were yeah. you, I think her, the question was like both of us creatively, what, sure. were you surprised by the ease or the, well, I'm, the disease from, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that Amy and I were always really in sync about was honoring the timing and the flow. And so there might be, I mean, it's been about a year since we met and started, but you know, there were periods for each of us where we might not work on it at all for weeks or even a month or two. And so Mm -hmm. for me, um, it felt like with every single card, I had to experience and integrate the energy before I could write it. And some of those cards were a lot harder than others to do that with. So the one that comes to mind for me is honeybee, because I mean, honeybees are such a, I think our, our cultural association, we have a reverence and an honoring of Um, their importance for pollinating and for the food supply and they you know they're associated with this lovely sweet honey and I thought that it would be um, a card that would bring a little bit more levity to the deck but I feel like some of the cards like the decomposers that you talked about Esther some of those have a a bit heavier more gravitas meaning and the day that I was Mm -hmm. working with honeybee energy I felt like I had to go down into the deepest darkest part of me in order to write it which was such a surprise. I mean, I was having physical reactions to working with that energy. And it, for me, it felt like a symbol for the way I approach all of it, which is I 100% believe in 
the power of real unconditional love and forgiveness, I think all of that is mm-hmm. is the most powerful thing. And it's sometimes hard to talk about without sounding like a soundbite or a platitude. Like that, that's real to me. That is a real thing. But I, the last thing that I would ever want is for someone who is in that deep, dark night of the soul to pull a card and feel like it was judging them or, you know, giving them a superficial platitude. And so for Honeybee, I had to go into this place and start to understand, like, if you're in that deepest, darkest night of the soul, what would help you? And what I started to perceive was that Honeybee is like this seamstress, and she carries the threads of life, that she connects she connects life and consciousness, and that when you're in that great, deep, dark pit, it's actually like you're being held in the womb of the void of the universe, and that honeybee can come to you when you're in that place and help you see those threads of connection and help you see this umbilical cord that ties you to the great mother that you're never truly alone or abandoned you're always part of everything and so that card really the depth of that card really took me by surprise and there were a lot of tears and a lot of just physical purging in order to understand her message but Mm. my hope is that that she'll really show up if somebody is in a moment and needs that visual and that reminder. So I'm sorry that was really long, but that was a really meaningful card for me. Oh, no, no. that's so beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's so nice to hear things like that because I do think that it's like a B feels like a straightforward choice in a deck that features animals. And so having sort of your experience with that card brings a lot more weight Mm -hmm. to it and a lot more beauty to it definitely Mm -hmm. did you remember the card amy (laughs) well i i'm looking through them and i think there was like it might have even been skunk like something as simple as the striped skunk Mm -hmm. that just was spinning around for me a little bit and like i would just go back to it and it wouldn't quite be right because i also like the honeybee like the butterflies like the luna moth like I didn't want to display the animals in this in the same way we're used to seeing them, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's hard. But so my my plan was like a lot of art that I'll do if I need a reference. I like to look at the reference. I like to use antique postcards and old dictionary illustrations to kind of put a picture in my mind of what I'm looking for and then set that aside and go to draw it. So it is is a little more organic and not. just a replica of something I've seen. And for some reason, um, skunk was a little tricky because a skunk is kind of, it's a little bit like a cat. It's a little bit like a, not a cat, you know, but it's, it's almost a titch too cute, but, it's pretty uh-huh. dang cute. I'm okay with the cute. It is so cute, Amy. Yeah, I just yeah. love that card yeah. so much. <laughs> and so I wanted to change the eyes on everyone. And Luna Moth, I love Luna Moth because she looks a little goony. Like just because you see that great face, you know, like goofball yeah. rather than the real majestic Luna Moth that we see. But she's still majestic right. and amazing. Uh-huh. But it's that, that the you know, if you're, you're going to do it, then do it in your way rather than do it in right. a way that's been done a million times yeah because so well, and people. i think that 
you were going to mention river kind of for that same oh, reason, yeah. the little frog on the river card with its yeah. little little face. I know, I could not. I was like, why that frog wouldn't not be on that card? Like uh. I kept redrawing it without the frog. And I'm like, this might be the single most best thing I've ever drawn in my life is this frog. And this frog so will cute. not not be on this card, you know? And it's like, it sort of encompasses the the entirety of the river in a way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I loved that because it's really awesome. I wanted there to be a frog in the deck and there probably was a frog on an early list, but we had a number in mind and I just felt like he wasn't right for this, for this version. I'm hoping that if our Kickstarter goes well and the reception allows that maybe someday Amy and I revisit this and we add new cards. And I think frog yeah. would be one that Ooh. I would love to include, but you know, cause it was hard to, to see all these other beings that we just didn't have space for. But when I saw that card, I was so happy. I'm like, oh good, Frog made it in. You know, he's, he's part of that yeah. card. I was so glad. <laughs> it's really fantastic. Yeah. So I, I guess, I, so sorry, go ahead, Amy. Oh, I was just thinking, and, and it may not be worth the mention, but I did, uh, Bald Eagle was a little tricky because I was just at a point of like, having to shake away the programming you know of yeah what i know i mean i could not couldn't think of this symbol that we see Mm -hmm. and know and i just had to change it up a little bit and that really helped me he was one of the early ones too and it was great to be able to do it in black and white because that helped me see it differently than yeah than the bald eagle than than what was happening at the time in the world or in this country Mm -hmm. that i wasn't feeling great about yeah yeah, totally. Yeah. It can be so easy with bald eagles because they're like obviously such a symbol of American greatness and imperialism to like yes. think of them as anything other than that. So I yeah. and just for our listeners sake, if they haven't seen the card yet, the word associated with bald eagle is sore. And then the question says, am I ready to be seen? And mm-hmm. I think that that question is so cool with this card because that is kind of the bald eagle's problem, right? Like, yeah, it is such a visible bird in our world. Like everyone kind of knows what it looks like. It's like, but does, you know, that kind of joke of like, but does anyone really know who they are? Like everyone knows what they look like, but does anyone really see them? Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I totally understand that being a stumbling block. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys brought up bald eagle because it reminded me of if it's okay to share a quick little story, um, I oh, I write guided course. meditations about because one of the things I'm really hoping is that I want to create space and containers for people to connect in their own intuitive way with their own messages, and so I've written a bunch of meditations for that. And I before COVID, I would do workshops in different places, and last winter, I think it was in February, um, I had very recently written the bald eagle card, and the word Thor felt so. Um, prominent in my consciousness like it was like you can't use anything else and one of the participants at the workshop um, after the meditation she shared that she had seen a bald eagle and that the bald eagle was showing her the word Thor in red and I felt like oh my gosh this is you know because like Amy said the, the eagle was one of our early cards and we both I think had to work through some you know, the cobwebs of trying something really brand new yeah. and you're just, you're, you're practicing that muscle. Mm-hmm. And it was such a powerful confirmation for me. So I was telling this, this woman at the workshop, like that feels like it was a gift from the Eagle, you know, that he, you were willing to give that message to me as well. I needed that really powerful confirmation yeah. and mm-hmm. being at the workshop and doing these kinds of things is something that I love, but 
you know, I'm an attorney, I have this other part of me that most people were more familiar with. And so ego has been a big part of my own journey in, you know, using all of the sides of me and not being afraid to show up as my full self and I can integrate the skill sets that all these different interests draw on and I can bring all of them to the table and you don't have to be a certain way or have chosen a certain career path to be a spiritual person or to connect with nature. That's all of our birthright. We all get to do that. So anyway, bald eagle is yeah. one that it was a really cool one to work with for sure. Yeah. No kidding. You have, it seems like you have a lot of like things that sort of felt synchronistic that happened with this deck creation. You always knew that there was sort of like a certain number of cards you wanted to do, but there wasn't like a, we need to make sure we get this many flying animals no, and we need not to at make all. sure that we get this many non-animals. <laughs> no, it was just whoever And I think that up. that like being open to, yeah, I think that that's kind of what makes it so, and also the benefit of doing an Oracle deck versus something more like structured, like a tarot deck is that you didn't have to force it. You could just wait to see who wanted to be present in the deck right. and then go that way rather than saying like, we need three more about this topic or whatever. Yeah. I love that. Cause I feel like that micromanaging can take away from the, the, the magic of how it was really evolving for her. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and I think both Amy and I had a feeling early on that there might be some sort of structure or organization that would evolve, but it really wasn't until I was, I only had maybe three or four cards left to write. And I was looking at all of the, you know, I'd written them on index cards so I could kind of physically play with them. And I realized that they naturally and organically had categories, that there were 11 cards in four different categories that each represent different ways of like standing in your personal power. And so that was really cool when I realized like, oh, I didn't, this just came to be and and these cards fall into that structure. And I'm my life path is a four, like yeah. I love structure in terms of like having a container to work with, <laughs> not in a rigid way. I hate, I hate rigidity and schedules, but you know, having a structure for understanding is so powerful. And so I feel like even though Oracle decks can sometimes be more accessible, they can, I, I've had some people explain that they like that tarot has a structure and that they know, you know, if I'm getting certain cards in this suit, they're going to be around this same meaning. And so it was really cool to realize this deck offers a similar um, interpretive container, you know, that you can notice in a spread, oh, I have a lot of cards in this category, and that can give you another layer of interpretation. So that was really fun to see how it evolved that way. Yeah, that's so cool. I didn't pick up on that, but now I'm going to have to spend more time with it looking for it. <laughs> well, and it's color coded on the card. It's color coded. Yeah. Oh, so you can see the the verb at I the bottom of each card. Anything to do with anything? Yeah, it tells you which category. Oh yeah, in. I guess I just thought that it was to like go with the other art, but you're totally right. It is color coded yeah, on the bottom. I mean, obviously you're right. You created the deck, but still, <laughs> <laughs> that is so neat. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to spend more time with it. I'm so excited to see it out in the world. Also, we are too. Yeah, it uh, it's super exciting. It's one of those projects where I was like, I we, Kara sent me like a prototype sheet or uh, a print, you know, where something we had to look over and and okay it. And I was like, did I do that? Like, did I do that? Like, <laughs> yes, you did. Because when you do it like one at a time, it's one thing, uh -huh. and it's like, wow, that looks really great. And um, and so it's it's been so cool to be a part of it. 
Me That's awesome. Yeah, same for me. And you had hinted that there are some additional cards that um, may make it. What are these sneaky cards <laughs> that have made their way into the deck that are not in the main right. deck at the moment? Well, and they actually, we haven't shared on social media, but we decided to just include them with every deck. They won't be a stretch goal on Kickstarter because I feel like they're really important for the deck. Yay. So it will have, so there's Yay. 44 cards in four categories. Um, and then there's four bonus cards that are called celestial cards, because one of the things, especially for people who maybe haven't had the beautiful experience of standing out in the prairie, one of the first things that hits you is the mm -hmm. openness. I mean, there's really, there's really, yes. exposed. I mean, but it's also gorgeous because you can see the whole sky and you can see quite a distance. And so the actual, the sky itself takes on a persona. And so the celestial cards represent the sun, the moon, um, the stars, and the sky. And so the category cards really are more about um, different uh, types of actions. So there's a do, think, feel, and claim, um, or know and claim. And then the celestial cards are really more about understanding a bigger picture of how the energy of a spread is moving. And so, like, if, for example, if you were to draw a sun card with a spread, it could be a representation that, okay, all these themes that you're going to go work through and integrate are things that are going to be important in a visible way. They might be something that other people will see you doing that's important for you to model. It could be something that is like an actual physical thing that you're going to go do. Whereas if the moon is prominent in your spread, it could indicate, okay, there's maybe something in your subconscious that's trying to come through. There's something unseen or hidden that is ready for you to look at and understand or the stars card is about our connections to each other to other beings in the universe to just the all of the different ways that we're part of the same piece you know and then there's um yeah yeah anyway it's it's just a really fun way of looking at how they can all work together and then there's clouds too right. and they're so cute like i before realizing that there were sort of the four themes, I was like, I want this to be on my coffee altar. Like I have a little mm. altar where Aww. I make coffee every morning and I love all of these celestial cards so much that I was like not planning on including them in the deck, but now I will. I'll just probably, <laughs> I don't know if it's an option in the Kickstarter, try oh, to yeah. buy that... a print of one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. I, I loved how Amy did those too. She's so great with elements and symbols so that I cute. felt confident she could do that in her sleep, you know, but I love the simplicity <laughs> and the fullness yeah. that they have. Yes. Yeah, totally. The moon and the sun are both just like stunningly beautiful. I yes, just love them so much. Thank Holly you. sent me pictures of them since I couldn't see them yet. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now she has. I yeah. sneakily sent Esther pictures of them. Oh, <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, prints are a great idea. I love that idea. Prints or little postcards oh, yes. or something like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I have to say that I've, for a lot of Kickstarters that I've backed, I've really loved that as an as an option, sort of when you're collecting addresses and stuff, because there always is some card that you just could stare at forever. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that this deck is filled with cards that I feel like I would want to stare at forever. So that's so it's such a cool opportunity to kind of get to see all that. Yeah. But, we wow, will not keep you. you for too much longer. We've already kept you for almost two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
But thank you so much. And everybody who is listening to this, definitely check out Esther. We'll put the uh, link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. And we think everyone should be supporting this deck. It's totally beautiful. And as you have heard, incredibly meaningful also. So thank you. All right. So that is our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a form with which to submit your questions. I still have everything closed. Esther says, also, <laughs> I can I'm almost just there. keep going. I'm almost there. It's okay. <laughs> I'm almost there. Sorry, eventually. I just sprung it's it okay. on you. And also tell your friends about us and rate review us. It helps us grow. We really appreciate it. We got some really cute reviews last week. And we Did got we? one recently. Yeah, we got one recently. That's really sweet, too. Oh so thank gosh. you so much for making my day. Wait, I didn't even know. It was Hold like, it was, it was like 11 something something like 12 i think it came in it was recent ish oh yeah the 13th yeah Aww, it was so yay. sweet i was like thank you so much Aw, i love nice reviews i know me too. um you can also follow us on instagram at wildly nope what am i talking about you can follow us on instagram at wildly tarot podcast <laughs> which is just the handle there's no dot com yeah. there at all i don't know there's why not. i keep wanting to put it <laughs> or join our facebook community by searching wildly tarot podcast on facebook and also, you can join our Discord community and uh, shop at Redbubble Shop because uh, yeah. we got merch. So We got merch. And remember, go forth and tarot wildly this week. We love you so much. So much. Go support Prairie Magic City Oracle. That was like, I almost said Magic City. <laughs>